This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, have you thought about giving cannabis as a Christmas present? Cannabis policy expert Opie Sidhu helps us with tips on how to pick the best cannabis products this holiday season, from creams to gummies and more, and how the Canadian cannabis industry fared in 2022. What will Christmas look like in Ukraine? Mikhailo Zernikov, democracy advocate, former judge, tells us how Ukrainians are making the best of the holiday season in a war zone. He also gives us his thoughts on Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's historic visit to the United States and leaving the country for the first time. Plus, we play the final game showy of 2022, all the Christmas edition of Canada's favorite radio game show. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time for Canada's favorite game. That's right. It's time for Game Showy. It's a game show on your radio. Canada's favorite. It's trivia battling it out for points that don't matter. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas time, Grinches. And that means it's time for some festive trivia. Yes, we are playing a Christmas edition of Game Showy. Here is how this trivia showdown works if you're new to the show. Our contestants, Shane Hewitt and Brendan Kelly, will pick a question and a difficulty of said question. Today, we are playing for candy canes. Yummy. So, one candy cane is an easy question, but three, that's a tough question. Now, if you get the question right, you will hear this. Thanks, Alan Rickman. And if you get it wrong, you'll hear this. Bah, humbug. Bah, Ooh. humbug. Now, I will I say. I misheard the bah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, so don't worry. It's from the Disney one. It's all clean. Mm. If you get the question wrong, it's also worth noting that the opponent can actually steal if they know the answer, but they're only going to have a few seconds to do so. And you'll know it's steal time when you hear this. A little smooth, jazzy seconds to steal a uh, steal a little answer. It's like being in a festive elevator, right? Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I'm going for. Thank you, Brendan. We have three categories of questions to choose from this fine morning: Christmas music and movies, Christmas traditions, and Christmas food. We also have the one, the only, the text line special: the question that is only for the shift heads. It's hidden randomly in this show, meaning one contestant will stumble across it and could win two candy canes if the answer is right. Now, the contestant can't answer it, even if they know it. It is up to you, the listeners, to do all the work for them. So get your phones ready. 877-399-9898. When we stumble across the text line special, it sounds like this. Hallelujah. Yes. Where's the Tylenol? Where's the Tylenol? You'll hear that. That means it's time for the question to be answered. So text in your answers now, though, to make sure you get it. Your question is this. Who recorded the original and still the most famous and popular version of White Christmas in 1942? The song White Christmas. 
is that Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. Nat King Cole, mm-hmm. Bing Crosby, or Dean Martin? Again, the question, who recorded the original and most famous version of White Christmas in 1942? The answers or the options are Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Bing Crosby, or Dean Martin. Text in your answers now, and you could be the uh, you could be the the Santa Claus that brings uh, the present to our contestant. Nice. That's right. You can be the Santa Claus that brings the present to the contestant. Text away, my friends. As the voice guy, I'm having a hard time not giving away the answer. (laughs) 877-399-9898. You can text it in. It's time to play. Bob? Well, thank you, Bob. Now, seeing as this is Brennan Kelly's potentially final appearance on Game Showy, I believe he has the right to go first. Oh, really? Any oh, objections? Why? Okay. He quit. Sweet. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> Make him he go didn't quit. He shifted I, to a different yeah, job I shifted. company. Yeah, I like that. I shifted. And you, looking at my, when you guys saw my resume, my 797 page resume, when I submitted it, mm-hmm. you, you had to know this day was coming eventually. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we got more than four weeks. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's a miracle. A Christmas miracle. Oh, Okay. Uh, BK, you get to go first. Where are we going? The categories, yes. Christmas movies and music, Christmas traditions. That's right. It's a Christmas miracle. That's BK. <laughs> oh, yep. All right, all right. No? I thought that no? was me. I was like, oh, why? I didn't hit anything. <laughs> of course you did that. Okay. Uh, yeah, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, BK? Where are we going? <laughs> Scared you both. Yeah. I was doing good. I was all excited about how tight game show he was sounding. And I was like, oh, I screwed it up. My elbow hit something. Uh, Christmas food for one. Ooh. Christmas food for one. Okay, we're starting off with a, with, with a banger here, okay? What is the most <laughs> popular meal at Christmas time in Canada with over 76% of households eating this item on Christmas Day? Is it? Turkey, ham, roast beef, or a casserole? Pizza. Well, you know, I always did love the good Christmas casserole. For me, it would be cauliflower. However, festive cauliflower. Um, I do believe the answer is turkey. A turkey is correct. Yes, of course it's turkey. 76% of Canadians uh, eat one of those birds. I'm a big uh, trypto fan. A big trypto fan of that. Yeah. Take a big old nap. Yeah. All right. All right, we're playing game show. It's Christmas, and our choices for the categories are Christmas movies and music, Christmas traditions, and Christmas food. I'm going to put a little pressure on, actually, right out of the gate here. I'm going Christmas oh. traditions for two candy canes, Ryan. Two candy canes. All right, Shane. Well, here's your question. The eastern Canadian province of Nova Scotia is known all over the world for its fir and pine Christmas trees. So most uh, Canadians have a fir or pine Christmas tree. There is one tradition that is pretty unique from Nova Scotia to send the biggest, best fir tree grown in Nova Scotia to 
another place in the world. Your question, Shane, where does that very special tree go to every single year? Is it London, England, Boston, Massachusetts, New York, New York, or Washington, D.C.? Oh. I in my mind I immediately was like immediately was like well it's got to be Boston. But then at the last second I was like maybe is that the Rockefeller tree? <sighs> and now I'm doubtful. What are the four options again? London, England, Boston, Massachusetts, New York, New York, Washington DC. I'm going with Boston. Boston? Oh, Boston. That it's good that you went with your gut because that is the correct answer. Yes, the tree goes to Boston. Why, you may ask? Because of the assistance given during the disaster, which was known as the Halifax explosion when those ships collided and blew up the town. Uh, the the Boston people from Boston helped Halifax out greatly. And every year, as a thank you, never forget, they send that tree all the way down to be displayed. They have a big old ceremony and everything. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Two candy canes for Shane, one candy cane for Brendan. Okay. Uh, okay, well then, uh, so you're in the lead by one. Um, then uh, let's uh, do uh, uh, Christmas movies and music for two. For adieu. Well, good sir, you just happen to have stumbled across... The text line special. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's the Tylenol? Where's the Tylenol? So this is a question that is for the listeners and the listeners only. I'm going to give you a few more seconds to text in your answer if you haven't already. So get your phones ready. 877-399-9898. The question is, who recorded the original and most famous version of White Christmas back in 1942? The options? Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Bing Crosby, or Dean Martin? Going to give you a few seconds to get your answers in. Last chance to help me. Dude, it is the last chance or to help BK. So, or, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, a, yeah, the, everybody has texted in the correct answer. I'm just going to spoil it. BK, uh, they're on top of it. The shift heads know their Christmas lore, and that's because the answer texted in from, all over the country. I'm actually struggling to keep up with how many texts we're getting all the way from Fort Saskatchewan to Gimli, uh, Cat and Gimli, yes. all over Truck and Cabot. I see you. It is Bing Crosby. Yes, that is correct. Bing, 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 bing. Bing. Ah, bing, bing, bing. Since its release, White Christmas has been covered by so many artists, it's kind of stupid. It is considered to be one of the greatest selling singles of all time, with up to 50 million copies of this record being sold. And there's all the other versions. So there you go. One of the OG Christmas songs and still one of the best. And my dad always does a ridiculously hilarious impersonation of Bing Crosby singing it on uh, oh. on Christmas. Yeah. Goes really so low. Get him on the show tomorrow. Right. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, BK, thanks to the listeners. You're up one candy cane. Thanks, to listeners. Three to two. There you go. Oh, man. Okay. Um, let's go with... Uh, I'm going to stay with the competitive. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I'm going to go with Christmas food for two candy canes. Christmas food for two candy canes. Shane, this quite... Oh, okay. This is going to be a test because if you get this wrong, I think it's going to be a little embarrassing. 
Shane, mm-hmm. where yep. does eggnog come from? And I don't Cows. mean the animal. Uh, I mean the nation. Okay. Where was eggnog first created? Norway, England, France, or the United States? Uh, England, please. Engl- okay. Cows. Yes. English that, cows. That is yeah. English cows. Yes, that's correct. The origins, the entomology, and the ingredients used to make the original eggnog are a little bit debated. However, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, nog was a kind of strong beer brewed in East Anglia. So it started out as more of like a festive, heavier drink and has become whatever you can call eggnog today. So there you go. Well done, Shane. You did not embarrass yourself. Yeah, a cup of awesome. Sure. We now we got a close game. Four candy canes to three. Yeah. BK, you're okay. up next. Uh, well, then I I guess all the twos are gone, so I got to go for a three here. So I'll go yeah, Christmas go for traditions for three. Okay. <sighs> wow. Christmas traditions. We all like to. We all I, I like to think have different ways of decorating our homes and our Christmas trees. We all have different traditions. My family, we have all the goofy, silly, fun ornaments and then my ex-girlfriend's was like a crate and barrel tree where it was like every branch was planned but there are national traditions that people like to follow that are pretty cool so uh, brendan in what country are christmas trees decorated with spiders and spider webs is it it, which also I should say originally it was real, but you can a lot of people just use fake ones now, which is I probably so. for the best. Your options are Brazil, Colombia, Ukraine, or Iceland. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Where are the biggest spiders? Yeah, where are the biggest spiders? Australia. Yeah. Part of me wants to say South America. However, it's really cool it's really dark and cool and uh dark and cool and both ukraine and iceland are dark and cool oh i see where you're going like yeah. gothy with the yeah you know, okay i got gotcha. you yeah yeah well my, yeah okay so i'll go uh i'll go uh i'll go with uh ukraine because they've obviously been on all of our minds this year so i think oh. yeah the logic is sound and uh, yeah, they do. In Ukraine, they put spiders on their Christmas oh. tree. That is correct. Now, oh, 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 why? Wow. So in traditional Ukrainian houses, a Christmas tree will often have a spider and a web for good luck. You can find out why in the short story, The Spider and the Christmas Tree, which is a bit of a Ukrainian folklore sort of tale. It's too long for me to summarize. Essentially, spider, good luck, all that, but a very cool little tradition that I had no idea about. I had no idea. Um, we're going to go to Ukraine. You're coming up here in about 12 or 13 minutes. So, uh, 12 minutes. So we will be, uh, we'll ask Mikhailo Zarekov if he has a exactly. spider on his tree. Uh, coming yeah. up. Okay. All right. So, um, cool. BK is up by three, two. So I've, I've got to go with, uh, three candy canes here to keep this competitive. Yep. And, um, I'm going to go with, uh, Christmas movies and music. God, I hope it's about music. It's not. It's about movies. However, if you've been doing your homework, you should know this because the question is in regards to the movie Elf 2003, which is our Shift AV Club movie of the week. In the movie Elf, what is the first rule, the Code of Elves? What is the first rule that Buddy the Elf has to follow? 
is it treat every day like Christmas, spread Christmas cheer with no fear, there's room for everyone on the nice list, or the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. What is the okay, first Okay, well, there's rule? not room for everyone on the nice list because uh, uh, the dad's not on the nice list, clearly, and so are the the, the horsemen from um, the park, right? So that's clearly not the answer. Spread Christmas cheer with no fear. Uh, sounds like it was sponsored by Nike or Reebok. Um, <laughs> uh, treat every day like it's Christmas. Uh, yeah, but the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. That's what I'm going to go with from Elf. That is the last rule in the book of rules for elves. That is incorrect. No. Humbug. Bah, humbug. <sighs> Brendan Kelly, you've got a couple of seconds here to steal if you know the answer. Here's a nice little elevator ride. Yeah, here we go to the top. Uh, treat every day like it's Christmas. Yeah, that's correct. That's the first rule in the book of Buddy the Elves. Yeah, he oh, did. He did you know, congratulations. <laughs> I feel like uh, we need the scene where uh, Buddy the Elf is in the Empire State Building and he hits all of the buttons in the elevator with that music. <laughs> with the music, yeah, it would be perfect. Yeah. Well, there you go. So watch Elf and you'll learn more. Okay, yeah, well, BK has a, a, Six, a pretty big seven, lead, nine lead to here. Four. You know, it's, a bit, it's a bit... Do you want to do one more question? Just Yeah, we should do a classic a to game showy rule here where this one's worth a double or nothing. Sure, this <laughs> is the winner. Double or nothing? Are we going to just change the rules? All yeah, right. last second. That's what we do. Right? Okay, double, double or, or nothing. nothing. Okay, BK gets to go though because it was Shane's question. He got it wrong. BK, you're up. Where are we oh, doing? nice. What are we doing? I can win by a whole lot. Oh, uh, okay. Well, double or nothing. Um, You're going for the kill, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> if I go, see, dub- but if you go double or nothing, yeah. With you go with the one candy cane, I, I can't win. I know. If you go double or nothing with your ego <laughs> and you get it wrong, I can win. I know if I go double or nothing with the one candy cane, you can't even win anyway. So I'm going to go one Christmas tradition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's not very Christmassy. That's not very Christmassy at all. You might get put on the naughty list for that one. But hey, okay, let's see that. if you get it. It, it, it. If not, at least Shane could have the opportunity yeah. to get the last question right, which could be cool. So, but Or maybe not. Here's your question, Brendan. What country started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? Is it? Oh, I know Germany, this one too. England, Spain, or Denmark? Germany, England, Spain, or Denmark? Oh, Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. Where does that word come from? Well, I do believe that's a German origination word, right? Correct. Tannenbaum. So uh, I would say Germany is where we're going to go with this one. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Shane, but your butt has been soundly kicked. That is the correct answer. <laughs> yes. The modern Christmas tree originated in Germany. Ugh. Families putting up the paradise tree in their homes on December 24th, the feast of Adam and Eve, hung wafers on it, and then eventually somehow now they put pickles on their trees. It's an interesting country. Interesting traditions. Bratwurst. And there you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas! And that's Game Showing! It wasn't a very Christmas joy-filled game show. There was a lot of greasy, greedy present stealing. Congratulations to Brendan Kelly, who wins the stockings filled with candy canes. Ryan didn't mention that they're all broken candy canes. 
If you get a puppy for Christmas, remember to get it spayed or neutered. This is the Shift Podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Weedmas. Merry Christmas Cannabis. Miss? I don't know how this goes. Opie's here. It's time to say hi to uh, Opie. He is our marijuana expert, policymaker. He is um, works on all things policy and support and consulting around the industry of marijuana and cannabis and uh, and so much more. How are you, sir? Good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, too. I am good here. We had an idea, Opie. Uh, to bring you on and maybe talk about a couple of things because you are like policy consultant and all those things that might be a good chance to look back at the 2022. But also, you know, there's some people that are, might indulge or give the gift of the cannabis for uh, for Christmas. We should probably talk about that because there's some things people should know. Um, let, yeah, let's talk about the uh, the policy stuff for 2022 first. Um, Absolutely. How uh, how do we do? Are we getting better? Uh, at this? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because <clears throat> some of the I think we've have gotten better. Uh, it's interesting. Some of the talks that we had in the past uh, were around um, research and also the amount that you could have, and just just kind of growing the the market in terms of loosening up the policy, which which was kind of expected because the original intent of the of a legalization was a, a public health approach versus a, um, a you know a, a profit driven approach which is what you would see in the US mainly where there's a lot less regulation so with that regulation obviously it creates a more competitive environment which we've seen in Canada and obviously that's um, you know um, that's put constrictions on some of the original forecasts that people had. But uh, what Health Canada did this year, which I was happy with, kind of builds on our previous conversations, is that they've loosened up some of the regulations, which I think will help the cannabis market, in particular was uh, around the uh, the edibles. And that was uh, with the beverages. What they've done now is they've corrected uh, the amount that you can have. So you can obviously have a lot more. I think it's equivalent to 48 cans now before you can only have around five cans. And the reason why that was done was there was, um, there was a, a, a different approach taken to how they perceived how much cannabis was in the beverages versus dry, um, dry, dry cannabis. And that, that conversion uh, basically constricted the amount that you could have in total, which wasn't very much if you if you think about you know buying a, a flat of beer versus uh, a flat of um, you know cannabis beverages, you could only right. have uh, basically a six pack versus a you know now you can have two flats, which is you know if you're going to um, uh, hang out with a bunch of friends and and uh, you, you're trying to grab uh, enough uh, edibles for everyone, I don't know. Right. If um, you know the original amount would have sufficed, so well, that not would only be really is that crappy, for- hey? like if you went and you had a party and you went and bought a couple of flats, but then three or four people didn't show up, and somehow you got yourself in trouble for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you can really get over the limit really quick with the old amounts, which wasn't really good for the consumer and obviously wasn't really helping the market. So I think that was a, a good move on Health Canada's part, both uh, for, you know, in that public health approach, but still, um, you know, taking the the, uh, the companies and the consumer into consideration as well. 
So Opie Sidhu is here. He is a cannabis consultant. He's a cannabis policy expert. Um, Opie, uh, competition. Now, as to be expected, yes. we saw a bunch of people that, you know, got into the cannabis stores and the retail fronts real quick. And then a bunch of people bailed because they basically mastered the application process. Then they got out. Then another bunch of people got in. Saturation has been a, an issue in a lot of places. And we're starting Absolutely. to see again more, um, buying because there are some companies that are just, they're, because of the, also the staff rules are different too with this. It's becoming a bit of a problem for um, this private capital nature of selling in places where there is private. Um, and and what are you seeing there from the policy uh, area? Because short of making Absolutely. a joke about Starbucks on every corner, that's that's kind of where it seems like we are. Yeah, it's it's really saturated, and there's a lot of competition. And I, I think that's the only way that we're really going to get around that is is to introduce more innovative products that will allow the the cannabis reach just to go beyond you know your recreational consumer and and that's where you can really leverage what's available not only in in uh, marijuana strains but hemp strains where uh, there's a lot of different products that you can create beyond you know just uh, you know THC infused or CBD infused products um, particularly in the industrial or even in um, uh, what is it um, uh, industrial markets uh, with uh, different uh, competition fibers that you can make out of uh, hemp um, uh, materials. And uh, they've used that a lot in the auto sector in uh, basically creating um, uh, exteriors uh, in Canada uh, for for cars that are made out of these hemp uh, composite fibers. So it's it's taking that creative, innovative lens and applying it to the market and getting into other areas. And some of these areas are constricted because we don't have the research to, to make certain claims. And where I always see a lot of potential is actually the oral hygiene um, market. And it's interesting because Colgate actually just filed a patent uh, that uses various type, not THC, but other cannabinoids that are highly antibacterial and uh, uh, really, uh, really kill the uh, the biofilm uh, that lead to a lot of the um, the the mouth or sorry the oral hygiene um, uh, issues like cavities and gum disease. And I, I think that's where the real growth will lie, not just only in in what we have now, but really dabbling and innovating in those areas and and providing that research to allow us to do that. So I think hey, man. that's what's really going to help in the company. Nothing says fresh breath like a nice patchouli scent. Eh? <laughs> yeah, you should you should check it out. It's really interesting. Colgate's got a bunch <laughs> of stuff on their website about it. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's really interesting. <laughs> well, it's fascinating. Hey, so here's a policy question. So if I go, okay, what comes to mind is I had to buy a hockey stick because my son broke his hockey stick. You said composite. So say I build a yes. hockey stick out of hemp, composite out of hemp. Would I be able to sell that to other countries or is my market as a capital investor only going to be Canada or is it different? That's if I try to go to the station and say, can I sell my hockey stick in America because it's made out of hemp? Absolutely. So that's a very good question because hemp is regulated not uh, differently than, um, say, marijuana strains. And not only is that uh, true for Canada, but that's also true for the U.S. And that's a that's um, that's a very important part of a relationship that Canada's actually had with the U.S. going back to 1998. 
uh, because uh, both countries up until 1998 had not only marijuana, but industrial hemp uh, made illegal. And, but in 1998, Canada legalized it not only for growing it, but for selling it. But that was the industrial hemp where there's uh, less than 0.03% THC. Uh, so what Canada was doing is they were growing it and selling it to the domestic market. And at that point, the U.S., uh, they weren't allowing um, their uh, their citizens to grow it, but they were allowed to import it from Canada. So that wow. relationship was a big, you know, Canada can grow it and we'll import it. So you can, you know, you can have your hemp hearts, your your omega-3 um, uh, hemp uh, oil, all that jazz, your, you know, your hemp hacky sacks, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, at Canada was produced, growing it and then uh, basically exporting the, the raw material to the U.S. at that point. And that was basically the relationship, I believe, up until 2017 when the U.S. introduced a, a farm bill that allowed their farmers to grow industrial hemp as well. So um, uh, that was, uh, so that was, that's a good point. So in kind of going back to your question, uh, you can absolutely, um, you know, produce that hemp product for in the, in your case, the, the composite fiber uh, hockey stick and sell it to the U S which is probably uh, basically a norm in, in various different ways uh, back, you know, going back to the, to the nineties. Uh, Opie Sidhu here on the shift cannabis policy expert. Okay. Opie. Um, if we're going to buy for someone for Christmas, we might not know. And I, I did this. Um, you know, maybe you're going to help Santa stuff some stockings or something. Um, Absolutely. To me, what I see is some of the, I see some of the gummies as being a dangerous thing to to give because they could be confused for the kids. Um, and right. things like stocking stuffers, if you're going to help out Santa Man. Um, but if you're doing adult gifts in an adult scenario, uh, really good. What should we look at and consider if we're going to, you know, we might be dealing with a rookie. We could be dealing with a novice or, or an expert here. A couple of tips, if you don't mind. What yeah. uh, what should we be doing? Absolutely. So um, with if you do have kids and you want to completely avoid all the dangers, like I said, there's a lot of hemp products out there. Uh, Loa Naturals has a bunch of shampoos and lip balms that are all uh, hemp infused. So uh, that's that scenario. But if you do want to go on the cannabinoid sides, the let's call it the PG-18 or the plus 18 or the plus 19 uh, categories, um, I think what I really liked was uh, this year there was uh, a company by the name of Spinach and uh, they've come out with this feels line that really leverages all the microcannabinoids that are in addition to THC and CBD. So they don't, they use those, but they also have ones that are um, like CBG and CBN that have their own different properties. Um, like CBN is apparently really good for, for sleep. So, um, so definitely check out those gummies. They're not super, they're not super on the psychoactive side, but uh, they definitely are more on the CBD non-psychoactive side. So I think that's a good one for, for beginners. Um, also, if you're a, a beginner and you want to dabble into some more innovative products, um, and you're in Ontario, I don't think this product's anywhere else in Ontario, but you can get um, from uh, the legal store a CBD toothpaste in Ontario. So definitely check that out. I haven't wow. been able to check it out myself, but uh, I think it's called Fresh Daily or something like that. So definitely <laughs> check that out. <laughs> uh, but you uh, if you... Yep, you got sorry. Ryan really excited with the spinach thing. I was getting big smiles and thumbs up there from Ryan on our video call over spinach. Oh yeah, Ryan knows what stuff. I'm talking about. I feel like they should make the they should make the gummies taste terrible 
Because then at least you won't be like, these are great, nom, 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 right? Like, they should be, like, mediocre at best. They should taste yeah. like gummy vitamins. Ugh. Yeah, th- that's actually a good point. That's that's Don't let uh, Health Canada hear that, because they might just take your su- suggestion into right? consideration. That is a good way to, to make it a little bit more adult, for sure. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like, people still buy gin. <laughs> And it's not great, <laughs> right? <laughs> Got to get that juice, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. A little tonic water. Uh, this is so great, man. Um, Aloha Naturals, by the way, is the um, the cream and shampoos and and stuff that uh, Opie yes. had said there. Uh, you know, that's uh, it's creams yeah. and, and it's wellness a products. Company. Yeah, they are. So and there's a there's ca- a lot of that. Hey, there's a lot more of that coming out now in that wellness field, isn't there? There is, yeah, there absolutely is, and um, what one that I really like is they they have like bath bombs that are CBD infused, so you get that aromatherapy while you, your skin gets nourished by these cannabinoids, and mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's another really cool product for for the beginners. Um, and uh, there's yeah, there's tons of products on the cosmetic sides that I, I think will really open up a lot of different um, uh, sides of the market and also provide really good treatment for things like eczema or, uh, you know, just really dry skin. And obviously, again, when you start saying things like eczema, that's where the research will really come into handy. Uh, I don't think there's any human um, clinical trials on that, but uh, just in terms of dry skin, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, you know, just um, non, non peer reviewed um, evidence out there that a lot of these products work really well for, for your skin and even uh, your hair. Good stuff. Uh, Opie City of Cannabis Policy Expert, Consultant, and more. Uh, mahalo, Opie, for uh, checking in. Melikalikimaka, <laughs> and season's greetings to you, and I appreciate you uh, for popping in. Have a good one, sir. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Happy holidays. Take care. This is the Shift Podcast. Today in the news, Russian President Volodymyr Zelensky, excuse me, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky went to the United States to have a in-the-face conversation about Russian President Vladimir Putin and the troubles of everything that's going on. And it seems to have been fruitful. Now, this is the first time he has left the country that we know of. And we had this conversation planned anyway a couple of days ago. And right now, after the events of the last 24 hours, uh, Mikhailo Zernikov and I kind of look like geniuses uh, for planning it this way. Uh, Mikhailo, how are you? Good, Shane. Uh, well, all things considered. Hi, how are you? Uh, good. Thank you very much uh, for asking. Um, it's cold here. I'm assuming it's cold there. You are in Ukraine. Uh, you were joining us here on the phone. And... Um, how are you making out with the cold? What What's it like? This is the winter that everybody was talking about with lack of electricity and, and all kinds of resources. Um, how are you doing? Right. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, uh, okay so far, but I'm, I'm actually quite lucky because my uh, somehow my apartment doesn't get uh, electricity cuts off uh, too often. But some leave. I just heard reports of um, uh, earthquakes, right? Uh, uh, and uh, happening somewhere. Sorry, I did, did, didn't catch where it was. But people staying without electricity and water. So that's imagine having earthquakes pretty much every week 
which is, right. or maybe every which is actually there are earthquakes because of uh, Russian uh, missiles, so they're kind of shaking the earth. So I guess it's uh, fair to fair to compare. But you know, the results are are, are devastating. It's mi- literally millions of people uh, without electricity uh, or water or heating. So it's quite tough. Uh, but still, we're holding on, and uh, you know, our grid. There is you know, electricity cuts off regular, some sometimes irregular, sometimes for more than thirty hours. Uh, but uh, in some households, but generally we we're, we're holding up. So we we're, we're absolutely have to, you know, it's good that, uh, uh, you, you know, we're, we're getting some of that um, um, aid in, in um, you know, military and security, but we also have to uh, need some help in terms of, uh, you know, rebuilding um, this infrastructure that gets its electricity and, and other utilities. Yeah, okay, so uh, that aid that's coming, Patriot missiles and so much more. Uh, from a Ukrainian perspective, um, your president has been, you know, unbelievably loyal. He has stayed home. He has not left. In fact, he's gone and seen the troops. Uh, he's taken a stand in Kiev. He's basically uh, led by example, it's safe to say. How is it received when he uh, jumped on an American Military cargo plane, we're told, and flew to Washington to um, have a very direct conversation, which I love what he said, um, with uh, American government officials, including the president, saying we need more. How does that feel? Well, people are making memes saying how he ever left the country because that's, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of a little inside joke because of you know people his age are not uh, males his age are not supposed to are, are right. not let uh, but that's you know that's just a joke of course uh, no it, everybody I think everybody I know and everybody I have heard of supports him and supports this visit obviously it's it's uh, of paramount importance to build uh, you know ties uh, direct ties with our strategic partner which is the USA um, to you know to, to 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 talk directly to President Biden to talk directly to address the, the Congress, the, these things matter a lot. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's well received here and, and I mean, elsewhere. I, I, didn't see, I didn't see any negative comment, quite honestly, about this. Uh, well, apart from some, you know, strange people on Facebook, but that, that happens everywhere. <laughs> strange people. Yeah, there's a lot of those. We know a few of those. Yeah. Um, the, um, you know, is it exciting? Is it exciting? Because to me, it does seem to... It does carry an air of confidence, right? Um, much like you and I spoke about going to the front line. And I think I asked you, you know, does it, yeah. is it worrisome to think that, you know, the president's going so close to the action and, and the response, at least that we, we talked about, I'm summarizing, of course. So please correct me was basically, you know, it's such a good example of confidence. To me, this seems like a great example of confidence. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's very representative of what, uh, of, of people of Ukraine. I think the president feels, uh, this very well and and you know by doing so because you know you can't you can't sit in the bunker forever while your people are, are holding lines and I don't know Bakhmut the, the place where he went uh, on the front line it's it's the uh, hottest uh, spot it's like it's it's the battles there are unimaginable and uh, and it's and it's very symbolic that he you know he went there um, to, to to visit the troops to to you know. Um, uh, to do what what he did, and then then he went to to the U.S. So it's uh, you know it's a lot of heroism there as well. So and, and it's very representative of of Ukrainian people. Uh, it is really cool. So the uh, the military equipment and aid, you know, expansion of the current set of stuff, more military tools, including Patriot missiles. That means higher, faster defense than before. 
um, expected. Yes. I mean, you're lazy. You're not a military scientist by any means, but um, expected to help with uh, rockets and drones. Because I mean, there was another article that said that there was another shipment of Iranian drones that had arrived in Russia. Yeah, that that happens uh, constantly. I think, um, and they keep coming, and they're and they're bad. Um, and and you know, however good the the, the defense is, um, I, I I read it that we. We shoot down some some somewhere around seventy six percent of that. So it means that you know if they launch a hundred missiles, twenty four hit the target. So it's it's still way too much. Still twenty four too many. So um, it's you know it's 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 very good to uh, to increase this this capability. And you know from what we heard also from what I read that the the Patriot systems is is kind of symbolic um, uh, thing because you know after that. Somehow, you know, and, and and there's been reports saying, you know, there's there's basically no red lines uh, left for the for the Americans with with the military aid, which is good. I mean, we still need those planes and tanks and uh, you know and, and thick missiles, but uh, uh, it's it's good that you know we, we get more and more advanced uh, uh, systems from a point of view of shooting down also ballistic missiles. I, I, I guess this this is what Patriot does. This, what what the others can do. And from a point of view of increasing, kind of moving this line, saying, "Look, uh, we're doing this well. We're, we're operating them well. We're, we're achieving good results. It, it is money and and, and investment well, well spent." Uh, yeah, fascinating. And the Patriot, you know, got its famous you know title after uh, Iraq was firing rockets at uh, missiles at uh, Israel. So, uh, did a remarkable mm-hmm. job. That's where everyone saw it in action on TV because it was literally on TV all the time. So exciting. Anyway, from the perspective of of change and everything else, uh, Mikhailo joins us here. Mikhailo Zarenkov from Ukraine. Now you are prepping for Christmas, just like we are. Um, for those who yes. celebrate traditional Christmas um, in a couple of days here, um, I have a, a playful question for you, and I'm also mm-hmm. curious about um, about what it's starting to look like. Um, what can people do? What are people doing? Because I'm assuming, uh-huh. you know, traveling freely is probably, uh, you know, with all of the air raid sirens and everything else, something you're going to have to figure out in that. What does Christmas look like this year? Well, yeah, it's 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 a bit darker. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the yeah. Christmas tree is okay. there, uh, but it's, but it's uh, you know, there's, there's not much light on, on it. It's still beautiful, and it's very good, I think, that we still have, you know, the spirit. It has like those little, uh, like a lot of little white doves on it, uh, very symbolic. Um, but it's a Christmas tree that is, I think we talked about this, that is, that has a gen- like a, a powerful generator next to it. So to, so to light it up a little bit, uh, those, those little lights that, that it has, mm-hmm. but also you can charge your phone or your other, you know, device from a Christmas tree when you're around. So, it's, you know, don't have, you don't have a fair around like with all the, you know, presents and and and, and Maldwine and everything but but you do have an opportunity to kind of uh, if, if you if your electricity situation is bad you can you can charge your things and you can you know still still get a little, a little bit of that uh, uh, Christmas spirit which is which is cool I think and uh, and yeah we're, we're we're now in planning mode you know this parts of uh, increasingly by the way we're, we're more and more people are celebrating Christmas on the 25th with the rest of the Western world because you know we, for for many years we had our calendar um, synchronized with the Russian church uh, for obvious reasons, but that now we're moving very fast away from that. Uh, so now we are now like more and more people are celebrating Christmas on the 25th, uh, which is cool, uh, I think. And uh, yeah, and now, you know, the curfew is a thing still, so you can't, you can't travel and visit your friends during the night, but 
yeah, we're still planning, you know, celebrations and uh, gathering and just keeping your living your normal life. Uh, can I ask a very naive uh, question about, you know, that Orthodox Please. Christmas? Uh, I, I really don't know the answer. I probably should because I was raised in a Catholic family, but I really don't know. Um, uh-huh. So the Eastern Orthodox Christmas, the one that's in January, is that more typically influenced by Russian culture versus Ukrainian history? Um, how does that one work? It's a bit complicated, and I'm not an expert on that, so I, I, I don't know much of history of that. But it's uh, first of all, it's you know, it's, it's not only uh, Christmas. Uh, sorry, it's not only. Um, Eastern Orthodox, we also have a, I think we have a majority of that, but we have also a very big portion of Greek Catholic Church, which is a very typical Ukrainian thing, which is kind of a mixture of the two. Uh, okay. And then also the also the Catholic, uh, so it's so diff- also Muslim, so it's, it's also quite diverse. Anyway, uh, when we're talking Christmas, um, it's uh, I think it's it kind of it has to do with Russian occupation during the years and Russian influence and Russian church dominating uh, Ukraine for years. But now we, uh, you know, during Poroshenko presidency, we have now our own, like our, our, our own, own um, Orthodox Christian church, which is recognized by uh, Constantinople and everything um, by, by all the uh, cool Orthodox guys, uh, so to say. And now we're also, yeah, now we're also shifting from, uh, uh, from that now also uh, you know basically what what turned out to 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 be you know russian church here in in ukraine is basically um russian agents um spying uh you know uh, helping uh, the russian troops and everything so it turns out it's a terrorist organization in a nutshell or at least a very big part of it so now we're we're also you know um uh, there, there's searches and everything, so it's its influence diminishes, which is very good. What what, that's what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you know, we've talked about family and family being tangled up. You know, from this area of Ukraine to that area, plus families cross mm-hmm. the border to Russia, and how complicated the families are. We've never really taken the time to even look at that tangled web of faith, which is a whole extra level of complications yeah. for some families and some people. So that's that's a fascinating look, especially around Christmas. Mikhailo, okay, we just had our, uh, our game showy game. It was about Christmas. And one of the questions mm-hmm. that came up was, what do Ukrainians put on their Christmas tree? The answer was spiders and spider webs. Um, can you help us understand, A, is that accurate? B, what do you put on your Christmas tree? Spiders and well, that sounds like Halloween. Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see. I didn't see spider webs. Maybe, maybe something of a kind representing snow. But no, no, we don't put spiders on, on the Christmas tree. There we go. Yeah, it's who knew. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm just. I'm just told now that with that. Uh, yeah, part of it is so a little bit complicated anyway uh so there's there's lots of uh you know your normal christmas things i think the same thing you put on uh, on uh, on a tree which is you know um uh colorful stuff you know balls christmas all the things yeah sometimes if, it. if it's like if it's like more religious than it's like i don't know crosses and maybe some some oh, angels yeah. and something but but yeah it's but if you want to make it like it. more yeah 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 more like less religious you know you you, you do you do some other stuff so yeah normally you you you, you do that but in some parts yeah you do, you do have some of that uh, uh interesting stuff 
Now, Mikhailo, you are in a war zone for Christmas this year, something that I don't think that ever uh, you would have uh, said that that would be the case. I was going to ask you, you know, what's your favorite part of Christmas? What's your, you know, what do you look forward to the most? And I know that you've shared with me camaraderie, brotherhood, so incredibly important, um, tackling fear when things, you know, air raid sirens and explosions yep. and all those things going on, uh, donating to the military when you feel fear, being able to navigate what fear looks like. You've shared with us here on the shift that uh, at work in your office that you do take time and go full stop if you have to, to just make sure that team members are safe and feel safe and aren't going through more than they can handle. So when you look at Christmas, and that end of caring for your countrymen, your brothers and sisters, um, what lands with you as, as the most inspirational thing about this season when you're going through what you're going through? What, what matters most? Well, it's a big one. Uh, I think it's still resilience and, and you know, still whatever happens, um, this feeling of, uh, you know, camaraderie, agency, never giving up. Uh, whatever happens, you know, uh, electricity, no electricity, people are, you know, talking all, all kinds of things, you know, candles, water, um, big batteries, whatever. So it's, again, we, I think we talked about this when, uh, you know, the, 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 there's a running joke about imagine after the victory, how, how cool, you know, all the all the campings will be with all these like huge batteries and sun, uh, you know, whatever it is uh, that the people, you know, bought to, to, to live through, through this winter. It's, uh, it's amazing really how, and, and it makes me tear up how, how people are uh, resilient, how, how they help in the army, how they are, how we all are um, united in uh, countering this aggression and how we all are suddenly, uh, but, that has been, you know, that has been going for years, but uh, it has, of course, obviously has, has increased since 300 days ago. Uh, you know, this, this, uh, how people invest in in the country and a common goal, it's it's amazing. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. You've been inspirational to me. Uh, you've been inspirational to all of us. The things that you've shared with us um, you, and the you. way that you've opened your heart and shared some of the fear as well is. Uh, is um, inspirational to me because you've allowed space for people to be afraid. And that's also important um, to be able to live into that because um, that allows the, the healing and the learning to begin. So you've been amazing to me and I wish you a Merry Christmas and the best of the season to you. I, I hope the electricity uh, stays on and, and albeit not an immediate resolution on the problem of Russia, at least it's a step forward uh, today, and I think that that is at least worth celebrating, Mikhail. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Shane, for your inspiration awards, and thanks for having me always. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to, to share, and I'm, uh, I'm only opening so much because you're such a great host. And uh, thanks again, and uh, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to, to you and to all of Canada. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.